This episode features a conversation I had with Nate Skelly of Financial Pathway. Now, Nate is no stranger to the podcast. He is a financial advisor and planner, and he is really an incredible resource for churches, pastors, and really anybody who wants to understand more about being wise stewards of their finances. He gives advice on investing, planning, and so on and so forth. He does have a podcast, and you can connect with him at his website, nateskelly.com. Now, there is a resource that we refer to the Confronting Poverty Theology Report. And if you want to access that, make sure that you see the link in the show notes or simply go to mustincrease.com slash nate. That's mustincrease.com slash nate. If you're watching or listening, it might be helpful to follow along with this report because we refer to it pretty often throughout the conversation. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. As we look to increase truth and inspire hope in the lives of others, welcome to the Must Increase Podcast. And then pastors kind of feel like, well, I'm not qualified. How can I talk to you about finances when I'm not really even sure what I'm doing here? Mm-hmm. And um, not that pastors, by the way, I, I, I definitely don't think if you're a pastor that you should be the financial counselor unless that literally is part of your background yeah, and training. Yeah. But, but it just, it underscores your own sort of lack of knowledge. Mm. And, um, and I just found that to, to come up over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, I think lest, you know, somebody out there, you know, who's who's thinks that we're, you know, uh, dogging on, uh, you know, Bible colleges and seminaries and the places that train pastors in particular, I think in general, going back to what you were saying about the consumer math class that you taught and the fact that it had to be a choice, and I don't want to turn this into a too broad of a discussion, um, but in a way, it's kind of just a failure of, I guess, education in general. Um, because I remember doing having the same kind of uh, choice presented to me even when I was in high school. It was, you can take this practical math class that's probably really going to help you, uh, or you can take the more advanced track. Um, and of course, you know, we're being pushed to the advanced track because that helps us technically score higher on the ACT, makes the school look better and, and increases your chance in the college and all that stuff. Now, I just being a lazy high school student refused to take that track. And I just, I didn't care about the honor stuff. And honestly, I, even though the choice for me at the time was being made, like I said, out of just kind of like being an awful student and not wanting to apply myself, I'm actually really glad I did uh, go that route because looking back on it now, it's like, Learning advanced math calculus would have done me no good. There, there is literally not a a skill a skill set that I've had to use that 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 requires that knowledge. Um, but because I took the more practical uh, math kind of route. Oh, yeah. I mean, I use that almost daily, you know, in my own, you know, personal finances and running a business and things like that. And so, again, like I said, unless you unless somebody's out there is like, well, they really are hating on Bible colleges. No, this is just kind of an educational um, problem in general. Um, And, Mm -hmm. you know, again, for me, one of the best things that I was grateful for in, in, in high school was that they, you know, they did put us through about a nine week course of, um, and and they everybody did have to do this. Every student there, this was just required as part of a social studies class, 
we all had to go through the Dave Ramsey's, you know, version of basically Financial Peace University, but made for mm -hmm. for high schools. Um, yeah. And again, um, that is where I, I would credit most of my foundational knowledge about finances came from there. Um, and 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 so um, all that to say, this education is it's it's really it, it's unfortunately not just among pastors; it's amongst most people. That's why you know, the numbers for consumer debt out there are wild, you know, yeah. um, and and how little people actually have in their savings and how little people are actually investing and how many people are actually living paycheck to paycheck. I mean, those those stats are pretty staggering. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, this this challenge of, of educational, not having education, it's very real amongst. And again, I think going back to, uh, you know, what we we're saying earlier about how I don't think it's just the pastors. I think it's also the people. The people don't necessarily understand. And so I think that kind of drifts us into this third challenge is this communication gap that's happening mm -hmm. uh, in, uh, in, in churches amongst a pastor. I, I can't imagine being a pastor who has to stand up and talk about giving because it seems so self-serving, you know, yeah. hey, you need to give so I can pay myself and pay myself, you know, <laughs> A decent wage so I can live. Right. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I, I, let's, let's, uh, unless there was something I skipped there in that second challenge, uh, let's, let's no, drift into the challenge number three here. Yeah, that, right. So, pastors a lot of times can see the problem. They can see that they're underpaid. <laughs> yeah. They can see that people need to be more generous in their giving. The average, um, average giving in the US, I've looked at different reports, it's about 3% for Christians. So of, of self-proclaimed Christians, their giving rates about 3%. Now, you know, we can get into the, you know, is tithing for New Testament or is it grace giving? But I mean, even if tithe, even if you don't believe in tithing, I, I hope that your grace giving leads you to give more than 3% of yeah. your, yeah. you know, I yeah. just, I think we can all agree that that's lower than it should be. Mm -hmm. Um so there's so so the pastors see that they see the need, but then they feel like anytime I want to talk about it, it does seem self-serving. It seems like, okay, right, of course, pastor, of course you want the giving to increase. That would help you out, that would help the church out, that would, you know, like, and also when it comes to their own personal compensation, like what if what if the pastor's like, listen, I'm struggling right now, I'm trying to make ends meet. You want me to work full time, I can't make it on this full time. I either need to get a pay raise or I need to decrease the number of hours I'm giving to the church and get a side job because mm. this is, this ain't going to work. And a lot of pastors drop out of ministry for a variety of reasons, one of the biggest being finances. I mean, yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it many times. Um, I think most people that are in ministry, they know of several people to where it just got to the point where a guy felt like it's me, it's, it's my ministry or my family here. I can't do both. I can't actually serve the church and be a father and be a husband and, and fulfill all my roles. If I'm only going to be paid this, it's just not yeah. going to work. I, I have to, it's a fork in the road moment and I choose family, yeah. which by the way, I think is the right choice. Absolutely. Like if it's, if that's literally the choice you have to make, choose your family every time. But I don't feel like it always has to be that choice. Um, and this is where that communication comes in. So pastors, I feel like they need to be emboldened encouraged to say, listen, it is not wrong to have honest conversations with your church leadership about what fair compensation looks like. It is the responsibility of you to serve your church to the best of your ability. It is their responsibility as the church to, to the best of their ability, 
take care of those who serve them. And the Bible speaks to this, and there's several different passages we could go to that, mm-hmm. that talk about the worthiness of you know, the laborer is worthy of his reward. Like when you serve the church in a ministry capacity, when you when you serve the church spiritually, the church should serve you in 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 helping meet your physical needs. Yeah. Um, and I just don't I I don't know that a lot of pastors have had those honest conversations. And so one of the tools that I've been able to use that have helped pastors is doing a, a salary report. Mm-hmm. Um, churchsalary.com is a huge uh, database of information on compensation across the board in the country. And it's a really in-depth, like robust report. That's been very helpful. I've, I've done dozens of those reports for pastors. Either they're going into a new ministry and they just want to kind of know like, hey, what the, what should this look like? You know, I'm not going to try to come in and be like, you know, play hardball, mystery negotiator. Let's see how big of a salary I can get. But they're like, I do literally want to make sure that I'm, I'm taking care of my family's needs and being paid reasonably. Or yeah. maybe in their current ministry, they, they know that they're coming up on a season where that needs to be reevaluated and they want to kind of make sure that they're not off base. Because, you know, I mean, if you don't have hard data to back it up, it can be one thing to be like, well, church, I think um, I think I need to be paid $100,000 a year because I talked to such and such guy over at this company. And that's yeah. how much he makes it. Well, I I definitely know I I'm I work just as hard as he does, so that's what you should pay me. <laughs> yeah, like that's yeah. okay. That's not a very good basis for a salary recommendation, um, but having those tools and having that data can really help and kind of eliminate a little bit more of the subjectivity behind those conversations and just say, hey, here's the reality. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. not I'm not just I'm not off base on this. Yeah. And yeah. By the way, Luke, if anybody yep. listening wants a salary report, I'm I'm happy to provide that for them. Yeah. I've done that for people and, and, you know, you just get a hold of me and I'm, I'm glad to do that for you too. Yeah, absolutely. And again, we're going to make sure that people know how to access, you know, uh, your, not just this report, but be able to get in touch with you, uh, make sure. And I know you're like, we can just throw your website out there for sure. Maybe for those that are listening yeah. that are too lazy to access the show notes, that's typically me. Um, so uh, nateskelly.com is your website. Um, and yes. so that's, that's how, if you did want to reach out uh, to Nate and generate this report or just ask questions, uh, how you could there. Um, and yeah, Nate, with that in mind, um, you know, uh, we we started the conversation, and obviously, uh, you aren't just uh, talking um, from a position of of just uh, hey, I like to talk about money. Uh, you are a, you are a certified financial planner, financial advisor, um, and uh, you've been doing this for uh, how many years? You've been at this now, like five or six years. I've been in like the finance for six years, financial okay. pathway for the last three, like my right yeah. now business. Yeah. Yes, 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 great. So, um, and you know, I I can't. Um, you know, recommend uh, Nate enough for, uh, you know, I always put this disclosure out there. You are my financial advisor. Um, and again, if it weren't for our um, us getting connected in that way, I don't know what I'd be doing in terms of planning long-term. And so I, I, I highly recommend Nate. But yeah, I mean, you've got this kind of final section here about financial advisors. And I do, I just want to kind of hit that um, I don't want to overlook that because we've we've given a lot of a lot of uh, these challenges, kind of presented some problems. Okay, well, this is a potential uh, solution or get you on a path to a solution to uh, to solving these problems, overcoming these obstacles. So, um, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about um, you know kind of financial advisors in general, and then even how you take that approach to to what you do. Yeah, I think um, a lot of pastors when they when they realize all of those things that we were talking about. It leads a lot of them to want to seek out a financial advisor, but that creates its own challenge yeah. because there's there's really two obstacles there. Number one, the biggest one is trust. And Luke, I'll tell you, man, like 
it's really tough for me because I, I, I see this play out sometimes. I never want to be the person that tries to generate business by bashing the competition. I feel like yeah, that's absolutely. a bad form. And I feel like that's actually should be a huge red flag. If, if somebody's, if their whole pitch to you is everybody else, bad, me good, then, then that tells you more about that person. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've, I've never tried to take that approach of like, listen, guys, there's a lot of bad financial advisors out there. Let me tell you how bad they are. You need to work with me. But I also do feel that I have a responsibility, a duty to try to help people understand what the landscape of financial advice looks like. The term yep. financial advisor, I love it and I hate it. I love it in its pure raw form because that is what I do. I give financial advice, but I hate it because of the connotation that it's brought on, which is basically salesperson, mm -hmm. which is not undeserved because I would say most people that use the term financial advisor are really just in sales. They are trying to sell life insurance or sell annuities, or they are just trying to sell you on opening up an account and putting your money in something and just really never, ever talking to you again. Yeah. Um, and that happens all the time. And I hate it because what people are looking for is they're looking for counsel. They're yep. looking for somebody to help them align the use of their money with what is really important to them. And what they're getting is a sales pitch yeah. for a financial product. Mm -hmm. So just like anything else, their financial products are fine in their place. They're useful tools in the right circumstances, but but they but we can't lead with a tool. Like yeah. if you're if you're coming into a conversation already saying whatever problem you're about to tell me about, this is going to be the solution. Yeah, then that's sales. You're selling yep. something. You're you're not giving advice. You're not giving counsel. So. Um, so, so trust is a big obstacle and understandably so. And um, I think for, for pastors, when they're looking for a financial advisor, some things that may be able to help are understanding, first of all, how does somebody get paid? Yeah. Okay. Let's get real clear here. Yeah. How do you get yeah. paid? All the ways, all the ways you get paid. Uh -huh. And if somebody gives you a vague answer, like, well, you don't pay me. Now, you know, the insurance company pays me. That should like if people have to be vague and sort of dismissive about how they get paid, that that should be a red flag. Yeah. Um, what are you going to do for me? Like, what will this relationship look like? What kind of questions can I ask you? What kind of things will you give me advice on? Um, what 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 are your qualifications or expertise? Who do you work with? What does a typical client of yours look like? Um you know, like like certain designations that may may speak to a level of of competence, um, that sort of thing. But I think those those types of questions are really really important to get down to that baseline level of trust to say, okay, mm -hmm. is this worth it? And then the other the, the second one, very closely tied to it, is price. Yep. So the the difficulty here is, some advisors who are very very proficient, very knowledgeable, very skilled, and really know their stuff only work with a very high tier of clientele yeah. and they have yeah. certain minimum like unless you have a million dollars to invest i'm just not for you mm -hmm. um, and it may not be that high but but they they, they may have certain minimums, certain requirements or maybe they're paid directly maybe you pay a yearly fee maybe it's 
$3,000 a year, $5,000 a year, or something along those lines. Well, that's going to naturally price out a lot of people. Yeah. So there's a lot of very competent advisors who are just not accessible to most mm -hmm. pastors. Mm -hmm. And then you have a lot of so-called advisors who work with anybody because their products are such that as long as somebody buys it, it they're still going to make a decent amount of money. Their, their commission's still going to be okay. And so a lot of times, because the best advisors or some of the highest end advisors are unreachable, what's left over in many cases are the people that aren't really going to help you in the way that you yeah. want to be. Yeah. Um, so so I, I certainly don't say all that to say, so guys, the only solution is me, Nate Skelly Financial Pathway. That's yeah. your only chance in this world. Because I know a lot of really good Christian guys who understand pastors and 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 you know, pastoral finances and are doing a great job and, and work with people. And that's great. As long as you're finding people like that, I yeah. am like, yes, yeah, good for you, truly. But it, it really does break my heart sometimes. And, and I feel like saying things and I don't, but I just yeah. think them inside when, when <laughs> I see, when I just see some of, of the stuff out there, that's just so, misleading yeah. and, and not actually helpful when it comes to the space of financial advice. Yeah, there, there's there's a couple of, you know, kind of these uh, professions, if you will, uh, or, or titles designations that I always, I've always heard, like, just because they have that title doesn't mean they are qualified or good at it. One of them is a real estate agent. Just because someone has a real yeah. estate license doesn't mean that they're going to be able to be the best option for selling or buying a home. Um, yep. And then financial advisors, just because, you know, they are a financial advisor or even have some type of certification does not necessarily mean that they uh, are are qualified and going to be your best option. Um, and, you know, something that I've heard before um, is, is, and this is what you are, Nate, is someone who just is going to teach you. Um, and Nate, Nate, it just, you, uh, you just seem to be more passionate about the, the educational side of it. Like, Hey, I want to teach you. Like, I remember when I when again, when I first connected with you, uh, when you started doing this, um, we sat down for a meeting and, you know, we just laid out all my finances. And at the time I had just started my business, uh, within the past couple of years. And yeah, I remember you, you told me, you said, Hey, probably the best investment you can make right now um, is into your own business. And so, you know, I'm, you need to consider retirement. Here's the value of that. But if you did invest a lot back into your business right now, you're in a good season to do that. Um, and that did not necessarily serve you in that it, it, it put – uh, it didn't put quite as much, if you will, into the investment accounts you were managing for me. Um, but you gave me that honest advice, and I followed it, and I'm glad I did. Um, and now I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, yep, I can. I'm, I'm still investing in my own business, but I also have more to invest uh, into the retirement and the investment accounts and the long-term investment in that way. And so, yeah, I, I mean, uh, Nate, you're great about. Uh, you have a very humble approach, but uh, and and you, you know, you can just pay me, you know, the the amount we disclosed beforehand for me to sing your praises here. Um, but yes, in all yes. seriousness, well, I'll read off a real fast disclosure at the end of the podcast. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, but seriously, you, you didn't put me up to this, but uh, 
uh, yeah, I mean, I, I have been really pleased with your approach, and I know a lot of other uh, people and pastors, church leaders in particular have. Um, and so, um, and yeah, I want to talk about this too, Nate. You, you know, you offer this as a, you know, kind of a one-to-one advisor, advisory type of service. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I do like to talk a little bit about what you do for churches in terms of, um, you know, kind of the ministry you, you offer, not just to pastors, but to the people to help educate them uh, with the financial, you know, uh, uh, weekends and, um, you know, kind of programs that you offer there, uh, which by the way, you're going to Eastside Baptist in Thomasville uh, in a couple yeah. months, right? Yeah, they, yes. I, I do uh, their design. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they sent me a design request the other day with your face attached to it and said, Hey, yes. uh, he's coming, make me a graphic. So uh, I was yes. like, yeah, but, um, but yeah, so and, you're and doing be, stuff like um, that. Yeah, as as of the recording of this uh, on Sunday, I will be with our friends Andrew Browning and Justin Farmer in Connecticut. Oh, up so in it Connecticut, is, it's it's cool to um, to actually as part of this go and and see some uh, friends and folks that um, you know haven't. It's just been a while since since I've seen them in person. So yeah, yeah I'll just say a quick word on this, Luke. Like when I started Financial Pathway, a big reason I wanted to go start my own business is I wanted to have the flexibility and freedom to be able to have this ministry, which that's what it is. It's a ministry. Mm-hmm. And I go to churches, spend a weekend, I call it a financial health weekend, and just spend some time on Sunday teaching and preaching about what the Bible says about money and wealth and understanding the principles. And then also taking some time to do a practical session or two and helping people understand, okay, let's let's start to take those principles and let's talk about how you actually live that out. How do you start making smart money decisions that align with your values and get you closer to where you want to be. And there goes my microphone. So, um, and uh, <laughs> just throw it and, um, So, that, I mean, that's been great. I don't do that full time, but I, 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 you know, probably once a month, I'll, I'll go, you know, on average, I'll, I'll go to a church and do something like that. And it's just been awesome. Um, and yeah, I just, I think trying to find different avenues, whether it's working with somebody one-on-one, whether it's going to a church and spending a weekend, um, doing a podcast. I'm just trying to look for every avenue I can to to promote financial health, under to promote a biblical worldview of money and finances for as many people as possible. And I love it. Like it's yeah. it's it's been an amazing thing. It's not been easy as I think we've talked about before just in private conversations. Anytime you start a business, we we've kind of been in that same season of like it's it's a, it's a grind um mm-hmm. especially at first. But what it opens up and the freedom and opportunities that it gives you is just incredible. And I wouldn't have it yeah. any other way. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm with you there on that, just that kind of entrepreneurial journey in general. Like it's it's sometimes it's the hardest thing you'll ever do, but it's the most rewarding. And, you know, I always say I, I would have to be in just dire, desperate straits for like needing you know, to provide for my family for me to quit mm-hmm. uh, doing what I do because the, the the flexibility it provides and just getting to do what you love to do every day, making your own job uh, mm-hmm. is is awesome. So yeah, a little plug for for that there. But yeah, again, I, I can't recommend your stuff enough, Nate. Um, again, uh, uh, like I said, your, your services as far as being an advisor um, and then what you offer to, like you said, on uh, these churches as a ministry to come in and, and teach about that. And yeah, you mentioned your podcast. I do. I I genuinely uh, I I'm subscribed to the podcast. I don't think I've missed an episode. Um, you're putting out content every couple of weeks, and um, 
and then also uh, the last resource I know is your money minute uh, that you send out every month um, that just uh, at, it, we're recording this on March 1st. So I just read the February one yesterday. Um, and it's always really interesting. You just send it once a month. It's got a little recap of just some interesting articles and kind of data that you found. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, again, I think you can, you can just get to all of this by going to nateskelly.com. Um, and, um, and yeah, but Hey, and Nate, this has been a really great conversation. It always is. Um, is there any, any kind of, you know, closing thoughts, words, anything you want to want to share with the audience out there? No, I mean, I, I always love being on the podcast, Luke. Thanks again for the invitation. Um, yeah, if I can help anybody in any way, any of those avenues, I'm, I'm glad to do it. Um, and just always enjoy coming on and having a good conversation with you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we will make sure that I mean I'm gonna go back and check the records. I'm gonna I'm gonna see. Like I'm pretty sure you you were on last year, but you know we're gonna we're okay. gonna definitely <laughs> we'll we're definitely gonna we're gonna make sure that uh, that that you we get you back on here. Uh, maybe in the next uh, I don't know six to twelve months. I'll make that uh, making that everybody. I'm not gonna edit that out. Everybody, I'm making that commitment. So you All know, right, I'm gonna hold you to it. If a few months from now you're like, hey, you haven't had him back on you know, reach out, call, call me out on that. But yeah, uh, it is always a good conversation. And again, can't recommend, uh, recommend what you offer enough. Um, so yeah, Nate, thanks for joining us. And, uh, we will, we'll, we'll have you back on the podcast again soon. Thanks again. Well, thanks again for joining us for this episode. And I want to give you one more reminder to make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel and also follow our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you might be listening to podcasts. You can learn more about what we do for you and your church, your business, and so forth at mustincrease.com. That's mustincrease.com. And I want to thank you again for joining us for this episode and for being a part of our watching or listening audience as we continue on our mission to increase truth and inspire hope right here at the Must Increase Podcast.